0: Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending. With real-time notifications, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey.
1: A word of warning to our Strangeville listeners, this episode may contain mature subject matter and adult language. Let's talk about your body after you die. No, seriously, let's just dive right in. What's your plan? Maybe you don't have one, or maybe you just keep putting it off. Or maybe you'd rather just not think about it. You've got plenty of other things to think about, It's just not on your to-do list today. But it's a fact of life, that life ends. And you've got some choices to make about where your body will end up. And a lot of us think about donating our body to science. I mean, if you like science, doesn't that sound pretty great? And think about the cool things they might do with your body. It's, you know, the whole, you know, you're going to
2: donate your body to uh, the medical school so you can be the cadaver that teaches other doctors or potential doctors how to be doctors or how to conduct autopsies or something like that.
1: But believe it or not, this is also a business, like a real business.
2: A head is more valuable than a hand. A leg is more valuable than, say, just a wrist. Or a
1: part of a torso would be more valuable than a foot. But in some dark corners of the body broker business, that's what it's commonly called by the way, there are shady characters doing shady things, like super shady stuff.
2: I mean, there were so many, there were so many things that we found out about later in this case, once the documents started coming out, that were so far beyond just not adhering
1: to the wishes of the family. So this week, let's talk about bodies. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. Welcome to Strangeville. Strangeville. It's December 2020, mid-pandemic. That sometimes quiet week between Christmas and New Year's. But in Arizona, a not-so-festive story starts getting attention.
3: Up first, breaking news.
1: Human body parts
3: dumped here in Arizona. A warning. Some of the details
1: are disturbing. In Phoenix, William Pitts, a TV reporter at KPNX... Here's about the body parts in the desert.
2: Well, the first time we heard about it was when the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office, which is about two and a half, two hours north of Phoenix, was looking for any information. They had found body parts out in the desert. Pitts would soon learn that a hunter
1: made the discovery. Heads, arms... Legs.
2: The first site, a short distance outside of town, right off a road. Officials found 24 body parts there, including detached arms and legs. The second nearly 20 miles away, and in the middle of nowhere, they found five severed heads there.
1: A police report paints a disturbing image of what they were finding. In one location, three knees, one shoulder, four left arms, four right arms, four left legs, three right legs, two left feet, and two unknown human body parts. In the second location, two human skulls laying above ground, three human heads buried in the ground, one unknown part. And they said that the human remains
2: at the time were somehow linked together. And they didn't really give too much information on that, other than to say that there was what they called a puppy pad. And it's uh, it basically a um, a medical, medical waste product kind of thing. It's like a, an absorbent medical pad that is used in hospitals and doctors' offices and things like that. So they thought that there might be something medical that linked
1: these these body parts together. Police would find more clues along with the body parts, evidence that would lead them to a man named Walter Mitchell, a man who'd been involved in the body broker business for decades. But surprisingly, for KPNX reporter William Pitts... This wasn't the first case he'd covered connected to this business.
2: We are, here in Arizona, kind of a main hub, I guess, for body donation businesses. We have a lot of them.
1: Now we've got two cases in the last couple of years. Both cases would give William Pitts a glimpse into this grim and sometimes gory business with backroom dealings and few restrictions. But before we get to all that, and before we tell you about what happened with all those body parts in the desert, let's talk about the body broker business. Or, as they prefer to be called, non-transplant tissue banks. I think we'll just call them body brokers. My, my
3: great-great-grandfather died in a homeless shelter during the Depression. His body was donated to Science University of Minnesota.
1: They kept meticulous <laughs> records. That's Kyle Clark a news anchor at KUSA in Denver.
3: All, I mean, all this time later could tell me exactly what happened down to this is the plot that he's in at the cemetery. So if you get linked up with the right people, there is a respectful
1: way to do it. That's how the process of donating a body to science could work, or maybe should work. I mean, wouldn't we all like to know what's happened to our loved ones' remains? Who they might have helped even after they're gone? Because when we make that decision to donate our bodies, it's kind of a big deal. And in order to get bodies to the people who need them, For all sorts of good reasons, there are body brokers. Again, here's William Pitts. You hear about people saying, well, I'm going to donate
2: my body to science. Well, that has to happen somehow. You don't just walk up to a medical school and say, I want to donate my body. You know, they don't handle that kind of thing. Somebody else does for them. And these are not just for medical schools either. This is for, you know, training. This is uh, if if you are learning how to do um, an, an arthroscopic surgery on a knee, you know, you need a knee. And these body brokers are the ones who will provide those for medical schools and teaching facilities
1: and recurring training, things like that. And as he'd come to learn, when you donate your body, it's highly likely it isn't going to end up all in one place. You may or may not understand that you are donating your entire body, but you also could be
2: donating parts of your body. You could end up in different coasts, Now you see in TV and on movies all the time where Medical school students are learning how to dissect a body or learning how to uh, perform surgery on a full cadaver. That's not necessarily the way it works. If you're training on how to do a surgery on one certain body part, you don't need the whole body. So these body brokers will give just the certain part that you're working on, and that's what you learn on. And you know these these bodies have to come from somewhere.
1: Donating your body to science isn't just like checking a box. Often donors are seeking out these businesses on their own. Or they might opt to donate a body in lieu of a costly cremation.
2: There's no there's no real pitch. I mean, there's nobody going door to door asking if you want to donate your body. It's entirely off of the goodwill of the donor. And they have to seek out these businesses and sign the paperwork themselves and, uh, you know, donate their body that way. It's 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 more of a generous donation than anything else. I mean, yeah, you can you can sign up to be an organ donor when you go get your driver's license, but you're not going to be asked if you want to donate your body after you die. That's something you have to come up with on your
1: own. As it turns out, the body broker business can be incredibly lucrative.
2: Uh, I know one uh, body broker business is worth $27 million, at least. Uh, and it's, as I said, an incredibly lucrative business, just farming
1: out body parts. Here's the real kicker. These businesses aren't really supposed to be making money on all of this. Uh, One of the few restrictions is that technically you're not supposed to profit
2: off of this, but they can charge fees and they can charge uh, little extras on top of that.
1: According to William Pitts, this incredibly lucrative business shouldn't even exist as a business, except there are workarounds. But seriously, what does that even mean?
2: From what I understood, it was... You are not allowed to make money off of selling the body parts, but you can recoup the cost of your investment in obtaining, shipping, and uh, dispersing body parts. So that's a very generalized way of you know coming up with a way to make money off of these things. But a lot of these businesses had price lists for the body parts. And, you know, how much it would cost for a head, how much it would cost for a leg, a torso, uh, a thigh, a knee, things like that. So it's a very, very lucrative business
1: if you can figure out how to make the money off of it in a legal way. So it's legal-ish. But there's no doubt that these businesses with names like Super Gen X, Biological Resource Center, Research for Life, are real businesses. And there are good guys and bad guys. Yeah, you find out that this is a very
2: incestuous business. Everybody kind of knows everybody else. And you tend to know which people in the body broker industry are reputable and which are less than reputable. And they all kind of know each other too. So yeah, you, uh, you find out that there are people involved in this that are skirting the edges of what's legal. And they all kind of know each other, and they all kind of are um, involved one way or the other. Some of them have businesses that are registered inside other businesses, businesses that don't actually exist except other except in paper. And they have an office inside of a body donation business, and they are basically shifting body parts around. you know like I said, it's a very incestuous kind of kind of business
1: and sometimes these shady sort of kind of legit businesses make mistakes. And in one case, uh, according to the
2: documents that we pulled, the there was a cooler full of body parts that was shipped to an airport and it was just left there on the tarmac and it was leaking. You know, the body parts were frozen inside and they were left outside and started to thaw out. So there was liquid, let's say, <laughs> coming out of this cooler. And the people at the airport were trying to find out what was going on because nobody was coming to pick this cooler up, and the body parts were thawing out. So that was one clue to the FBI that something was not reputable, something was not
1: right with this whole thing. But there are reputable body brokers, ones that aren't, say, letting coolers with body parts leak onto That
2: There are you know, legitimate uses for a lot of these body broker businesses. Um, if they're done you know, legally, they're done ethically, and they're done right— Obviously, there's a need for these. You know, you got to train doctors somehow. So there's a lot of ways to to do this right. And some of these businesses are doing it right. Really, there is a fine line between mistreatment and doing what you're supposed to do. You know, you go into the reputable businesses and I've gone into the coolers. There are literally walk-in freezers where body parts are stacked, labeled, wrapped up, and ready for shipping and it's it's disturbing but it's it's how the business how the business works and again there's a fine line between showing respect and mishandling the body parts that are part of your business
1: Then there are those who are not even trying to make a go as a legitimate body broker business, like the Sunset Mesa funeral directors in Montrose, Colorado.
4: And some other news and some disturbing headlines here. Two women on the Western Slope face charges for illegally selling body parts and entire bodies without consent. Megan Hess and her mother, Shirley Cock ran the Sunset Mesa funeral home in Montrose. Well, according to a grand jury indictment from 2010 to 2018, families would pay the two for cremation services, but many of the cremations were never done. Instead, these two women would sell the bodies or parts of them and then give fake remains or the ashes back to their families.
2: We had a woman who uh, wanted to donate her husband's brain for Alzheimer's. They told her they would do that, when in fact what they did was cut up that body, sell it on the black market, and in fact uh, used um, most of the torso uh, to be blown up by the Department of Defense.
4: They're also accused of shipping bodies of those who had died from infectious diseases, claiming they were disease-free. Both women face charges of mail fraud and illegal transportation of ha- hazardous materials. All told, they each face a sentence of 135 years in federal prison if convicted.
1: The mother and daughter in that case were scheduled to go on trial this year. At the time of this recording, no news yet on a final verdict in the case. So that story about the Sunset Mesa funeral home in Colorado got a lot of attention a few years back. And at KUSA in Denver, investigative reporter Noel Brennan did some digging into the body broker business himself at the time. Colorado passed a
3: law this year that makes it illegal for someone to own a funeral home and a body donation company. But some think that the state needs to do more than this. Attorney Michael Berg represents about 50 people impacted by the Montrose case. He's wary of anyone donating a body to science because he has examples of body broker businesses, misleading people, and bodies ending up where no one really expected.
1: But if the Sunset Mesa case seems outlandish and just plain awful, It's just a taste of things to come.
4: This next story seems like something straight out of a horror movie. He butchered these people.
0: Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. That's greenlight.com odyssey.
1: So let's get back to Arizona, where years before he heard about those body parts in the desert, KPNX reporter William Pitts learned about an FBI raid at a local business, This was 2014.
2: And uh, when our crews got there, we found that it was something called Biological Resource Center. When you Google that, you find out that it is a body donation business, which, of course, made everybody's ears perk up because you don't hear about an FBI uh, raid on a body donation business very often. So from the air, we could see FBI agents and crime scene techs hauling out Bags. We didn't know what was in them at the time, but they were uh, labeled biohazard bags. And they were searching dumpsters,
1: and they were just pulling untold amounts of stuff out of this building. Clearly, something was going on. But William Pitts and his news crew still didn't have any idea what it could be. And the FBI wasn't talking. It would take almost a year to find out what was inside some of those bags they'd been pulling out of the building. Body parts of a lot of
2: different bodies... That were wrapped up and ready basically for sale, and which, in and of itself, is not illegal. It sort of is, <laughs> but in and of itself, it's not illegal to be a body broker or run a body donation service. But what the FBI was alleging was that the owner of this business, Steve Gore, had falsified the paperwork and overlooked a lot of steps that are pretty standard in this business.
1: Things like ignoring the tests for uh, infectious diseases. Basically, he was skirting the requirements to test the body parts for things like HIV and hepatitis before sending them out.
2: And on top of that, he was apparently ignoring the wishes of the family. So when you donate your body or when you donate a body part to science, you have to go through a lot of paperwork, and the paperwork usually spells out exactly what you want that company to do with your body, whether or not you want it to stay intact, whether or not you want it to be used primarily as a, in a medical school, or if you want it to be uh, used for whatever they want it to be used by. Uh, you have to specify all of that. And what the FBI was finding was a lot of these people who had donated their body or the loved ones who
1: had donated their loved one's body had specifically specified that the body should be kept intact. But Steve Gore was allegedly cutting the bodies up and selling them piece by piece to various medical schools and medical testing companies. Or perhaps, most shocking, a body he provided to the Department of Defense. To blow it up to test the effects of
2: IEDs. And that was apparently in violation of what the paperwork for that person had said, which was do not destroy the body, basically. And that's what they went after Steve Gorod, basically fraud and going against the, uh, the wishes and the paperwork that he had uh, had from all of, these,
1: all of these people who had donated their bodies. This is not to say that bodies shouldn't get used for tests like these. You might be fine with letting the Department of Defense get your body once you're done with it. The Gore case, though, at least this one aspect, had to do with what families had signed up for in the first place. And to say that Steve Gore and his business were going against the wishes of the family is a pretty strong understatement when you start to learn more about what the FBI found behind the walls of the Biological Resource Center. A word of warning. The following description is graphic. I mean, the FBI agents found what they called bodies sewn
2: together in a Frankenstein manner. They found a female head sewed to a male's body. There were coolers full of penises found in there. Uh, There were just stacks and stacks of body parts not being treated the way you would expect body parts to be treated when they were donated to science. And it was so traumatic. I mean, I talked to a couple of people that needed therapy afterward. You know, these body parts were evidence. They were held for a long time in uh, large storage containers and these investigators also had to be the ones to load them in. So they were traumatized by what they saw. They were traumatized by what they had to do. It was, a, it was a disturbing case from the very beginning.
1: And families, the relatives of those people who donated their bodies, were also traumatized.
2: Now you go through the trauma of the death of a loved one in the first place, and then you find out that not only is your loved one not with you anymore, but pieces of your loved one are all over the place, and you don't know if you will ever get all those pieces back together to give a proper burial or a cremation. He could get eight and a half months, and with time served,
4: he won't serve anything. He butchered these people.
2: New developments tonight on the owner of an Arizona company that arranges for the donation of body parts for medicine and research. A judge sentencing Stephen Gore
3: to 12 months of deferred jail and four years of probation. What it means is he will not
2: actually spend any time in jail. Gore pleaded guilty for his role in mishandling donations. He admits that his firm provided vendors with contaminated human tissue that was used in ways that went against the wishes of the donors. And one of the families that we we talked to their lawyer actually, um, they they sued Steve Gore over the uh, the IED incident. Uh, obviously, that was that was very traumatic. You know, this was a, an elderly female. ...who had donated her body to science and instead was blown up by the Department of Defense against the family's wishes. Of course, that was traumatizing for all of them.
1: It was during that civil trial in 2019 that many of those horrific details from the FBI's raid back in 2014 would be made public for the first time.
4: We're learning disturbing new details about a Phoenix body donation company accused of disrespecting the dead and lying to family members. A
1: warning right
2: off the top. Some of the details in this story are disturbing and graphic.
3: It was a secret shielded by cardboard and silence when the FBI raided the Biological Resource Center in East Phoenix five years ago. Now the secret is out, and it's worse than many realized. Court testimony of a former FBI assistant shows when he visited the 2014 crime scene inside the facility, the agent observed body parts piled on top of each other throughout the facility with no apparent identification to indicate what bodies they came from. There were many large male torsos with limbs and genitalia removed, a cooler filled with male genitalia inside, and a large torso with a head removed and replaced with a smaller head, sewn together in a Frankenstein manner. Now, 33 plaintiffs are suing the former company's owner in a case that goes to trial in the fall. The company collected bodies of people who died under the guise they would be used for disease research. But instead, body parts were sold for profit around the world. A house of horrors that for years was disguised as a place of ethics and sound science.
1: There were so many stories, including the one told by Angela Merrill about her mom's body after she died from breast and lung cancer.
5: She and her mother had decided to work with Biological Resource Center in Phoenix, Arizona to donate her mother's body to research
4: a cure for cancer. So you just take a a small piece of tissue and, and they preserve it and send it off to labs.
5: That's what she was told, anyway. She says the company took her mother's body, then weeks later, sent back her ashes. But then in January of 2014, the FBI raided the facility. Investigators found her mother's body
4: inside. I I didn't know what I had was my mother. The box they sent me, was this even her? What did they send me? It was horrifying. Her entire body was in in separated pieces. It still haunts me almost every day. She,
5: along with multiple families across the U.S., are suing the company, saying it sold body parts for profit and was not honest about how those body parts were going to be used.
4: There are allegations of misrepresentation.
5: We spoke with Merrill's attorney via FaceTime. He says in general, body parts can be used for everything from medical research to military explosive testing or even canine training.
1: Let's be honest. How many families would actually donate their loved one's body if they knew it was going to be used for canine training?
5: He says the problem isn't necessarily the use, but the fact that families have no idea that's how their loved one's bodies are being handled.
1: A string of people would take the stand in that civil trial, testifying about what happened to their loved ones.
3: And Several of those plaintiffs taking the stand this afternoon telling their stories about how their deceased loved ones ended up at Biological Resource Center, all of them saying they thought their bodies were being donated to science. But a 2014 raid of the business showed many of the bodies had been dismembered in odd ways. The FBI finding a head sewn onto another body like, quote, Frankenstein. And others claiming their loved ones were sold to other places, including the federal government, to be used as crash test dummies and for experimental ballistics and explosive testing.
1: The head, arms, and legs had been removed and stacked on top of each other inside the cooler. Um, And in some of those cases, it appeared that the male genitalia had been removed off of the torso.
5: I just live with the guilt every day. I mean, my, my father's body was cut up into pieces and sold. I mean, there's just no, it's the most inhumane, despicable,
0: evil thing a human being can do to another human being.
1: Ultimately, Gore was ordered to pay $58 million as a result of that civil lawsuit.
5: We, the jury, upon our oaths, do find in favor of plaintiff Gwendolyn Aloya
1: For
3: nearly 10 minutes.
5: Plaintiff Betty Beach.
3: The jury ruled in favor.
5: Plaintiff Nancy Cooper.
3: Of plaintiff after plaintiff in the disturbing civil trial against Stephen Gore and his
2: former business, Biological Resource Center. I don't know if they ever got any of that money, because obviously he was facing criminal charges from the feds, but uh, he they at least got the, the judgment on that.
1: And Steve Gore's body broker business is no more
2: that building still exists, but that business is long gone. And he is very much out of the
1: body donation business. And what's to make of those bodies sewn together? What could possibly explain the reason for any body broker business to go down that path?
2: That that was never really explained. The only thing I came up with was somebody did an interview of with, with a, uh, a former body broker that said maybe, maybe they just couldn't come up with all of the body parts to make a full cadaver for um, cremation to get a full set of remains. That's the
1: only thing they could think of. Other than that, it's just a sick joke, I guess. And then, as you already know, years later, William Pitts would get the call about those body parts in the desert.
2: I always thought that the Biological Resource Center case would be the only body donation case I would ever come across. I never thought I'd be covering two of these at any time,
1: but here we are. As you'll recall, When police found those body parts in two locations in the desert, there was some material found in both places that connected the bodies. But that wasn't all they found. They also discovered a clear plastic bag with a white label on it with the following information. Future Gen X, P.O. Box 58081, Seattle, Washington. Human tissue for research and education, not for transplant purposes. Wrist, hand, left. And then all the details started to come out, like these body parts
2: were not human remains of a murder. These were body parts that were donated to a body broker business. And it didn't take long
1: for police to track down that business in Seattle.
2: You know, the, the investigators managed to trace all of these body parts back to his business in Seattle because they were all very nicely wrapped and labeled uh, with the name of the business. So it wasn't it wasn't exactly rocket science to track down where these business or where these body parts came from. As it
1: turns out, when investigators looked into that business, Future Gen X in Seattle, they quickly learned it had closed in early 2020, and the owner, a man named Walter Mitchell, had left the Seattle area and relocated to an RV park in Chino, Arizona in August. But then he'd moved again on December nineteenth, shortly before the bodies were discovered in the desert. Detectives also learned that Mitchell had a freezer shed next to the RV, but he'd sold the freezer prior to moving out. It also didn't take long to find his next address, and on December 29th of last year, detectives went to an address in Scottsdale to talk to Mitchell. The report reads, We contacted Walter in the apartment complex, and I advised him we needed to speak with him about his company, Future Gen X out of Washington, in which he confirmed he was the owner. Walter said he moved recently and asked what this was about. I again told him it was about Future Gen X, which he owned, and Detective Franklin asked him how many bodies, cadavers, he brought with him from Seattle. Walter stated, come on, guys, this is an interrogation. We advised him there were pieces of bodies located in Yavapai County with his company's name on them. Walter responded and said, bullshit, I'm done. Talk to my lawyer. At that point, Walter Mitchell was brought into custody and eventually charged, and investigators begin the task of trying to identify the remains.
2: Sheriff's investigators are hoping there are some sort of records that will help them find the families, but we know from the Biological Resource Center case that sometimes it came down to DNA testing the body parts to find out which body went where. Yeah, that's the worst part, is that somewhere there are five families with loved ones who thought that they were donating their bodies to science who ended up dumped in the desert in a bunch of different spots, and now... I mean, thankfully, there are tags and tracking numbers and things, and hopefully there are still records from this business in Washington that can tie these body parts to family members. But it it may come down to DNA matching to find out which body part goes with which body and which body goes with which family. Um, Sadly, we've had that happen before here in Arizona where it came down to DNA
1: testing to try and reunite the remains with the family members. In the meantime, William Pitts was learning more about Walter Mitchell.
2: Yeah, he had run various body donation businesses across the country. We found ties to businesses in San Diego, in Seattle area, in Oregon, and here uh, in Phoenix. Um, I tracked one of them down to a business in Kent called Sanex. And it was a body parts supplier that shared a business address with a funeral home. And the funeral home was in basically a metal barn. It looked like an auto shop, for lack of a better word. And it seemed to just have that location on paper. And its main office was in a Regis rental office, not even in the same town. And that seemed to be a pattern that we were finding out, was these businesses would share addresses with someone else, and then their mailing address or their incorporation address would be in a rental office, or a P.O. box, or in one of uh, Walter Mitchell's houses. It looks like he had lost all of his businesses right before he came back down here to Phoenix. And at some point, according to investigators, that's when he put body parts in the car, drove them down here to Arizona, and disposed of them by dumping them in the desert in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Um, Of course, he's denied all of that, and I don't think he's made any statements since then. Mitchell faces 28 counts of concealing human remains. Which is kind of a weird and obscure charge. You don't see that come across uh, the court docket very often,
1: but uh, 28 counts, one for each body part. So if the charges against Walter Mitchell hold up, then this would appear to be a case that goes far beyond a shady body broker business. Mitchell certainly had experience working with body parts and even selling body parts. What would have driven him to dispose, allegedly, of five different bodies in pieces in the Arizona desert? Well, only Mitchell can answer that question. The
2: really bizarre thing, if there can be a more bizarre thing than this case, is that for a guy who was in the body broker business for 20-plus years... He would definitely know how to get rid of body parts. I mean, he has connections in the funeral industry. He knows exactly what to do with them. At the very least, he could have sold his inventory to somebody else if this business was going out of business, which it was. But there are so many other things that he could have done other than just leave them in the desert. So that's the big question mark is how did they end up there and why would they have ended up there instead of any other place? But believe it or not, the story gets stranger. I was told that he had written a book, and it's available on Amazon, and it's a fiction book about a serial killer using his knowledge of the funeral industry to get away with his crimes. And it's very it's very strange, obviously, discovery to make. But uh, yeah, it's, it's
1: self-published, and it's uh, available on Amazon right now. The book is called Serial Killer, Published in September 2012. Here's some of the description on Amazon. It doesn't take long for the Illinois State Police to realize that they have an organized, skillful death dealer on their hands, a killer that has inner working knowledge of law enforcement, medical anatomy, and funeral protocols that ensures his success. The satisfaction he gains comes not just from the killing, but in using others to take care of disposing of the bodies after he's finished. Sound familiar? There are no doubt good and ethical companies making body parts available for important research, research that gives doctors the tools and training they need to save lives and make a difference. But there are so many alarming stories you'll come across if you start digging into this stuff, not just in Phoenix or the American West, but in cities around the country, around the world. Trust me, it's a slippery slope. You'll find lots of stories where the body of someone's loved one wasn't treated with dignity. And living relatives are still dealing with the awful truth of what's happened. Back in Arizona, William Pitts wouldn't be surprised if another body broker case comes across his desk. You know, one, I think nobody thought would
2: happen in the first place. Um, You know, FBI agents raiding a body part donation business and bringing out parts of bodies once was enough. To hear that it happened again... Just when you thought that it couldn't get more bizarre than the first case, here comes this one. Next time
1: on Strangeville.
2: And, uh, and at times I felt like I was like, a, like an astronaut floating in space, untethered from my mothership. There were often times where I felt like uh, this was it.
1: This could be my final act. Strangeville is a Vault Studios production. Our writer and producer is Reed Redman. Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland mixes and edits the show. Executive producers are Brian Weiss and me, Will Johnson. Special thanks this week to William Pitts at KPNX in Phoenix, Arizona. Until next time, take care of yourself and your body.